0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. It's so good to have you here. This episode is brought to you by DotWalk.io. Why do we love .walk.io? We love it because we love automated testing framework. But what we don't love about automated testing framework is how much effort it takes to get it set up. ATF has always had this question mark about whether the juice is worth the squeeze. But .walk uses an AI to populate all the test cases, so it pulls the hardest work out of the hardest part of setting up the system. And it basically does that with your own data. So check the links in the description below. Uh, Be sure to check them out. What are we doing today, Corey? All
1: right, Duke. Uh, So today we're going to talk about mergers and acquisitions on the ServiceNow platform. So you've been acquired or you're doing the acquisition and now you have two instances of ServiceNow that you need to combine. Like where do you start in this process? Personally, when I'm looking at doing uh, a merger of two or or consolidation of two different instances, right? The first thing I'm starting to look at is building out the plan. See, one of the things that you actually have to remember is that these are two different teams. These are two different teams. They likely haven't worked together very well or very much at all. They likely have different processes, different requirements, and all of that is going to take a little bit of of discussion to kind of uh, hammer it out. So the first thing I want to do is build out the requirements of this instance consolidation right what do we need who owns it who are the key decision makers like who can approve it mm-hmm. what happens when we have a conflict right when my incident process is driven by ui actions and yours is driven by a drop down field like which one of us wins how do we discuss that how do we get to the end and how do we deal with things like course corrections during the process what happens if there's a priority change those sorts of things
0: I, i'm like, so glad the- first I'm glad we're starting with this first, because I've been in part of a few M&A activities in the ServiceNow ecosystem, and this almost never happens. They kind of just chuck the two teams a bone and say, you guys got to work this out. And it's like you become the nexus of all the political turmoil of the decisions not being made. Yeah,
1: I mean, absolutely. When you think about it, the ServiceNow instance itself is really just a microcosm of your company culture and all its processes, right? And so you're going to, you're going to be depending on how extensively ServiceNow is used in your organization, right? Like you're going to have to start figuring out the, do you listen to sales from company A or sales from company B? Like is HR and uh, company A going to get their way or is HR and company B going to get, the, are they mm-hmm. even talking to each other? Yeah. right? Like what happens if you thought they were talking to each other, you start implementing and then halfway through you figure out they weren't. And now you got to make changes. Do you make those changes? Do you call someone in? Who, who do you call in? Like, these are all discussions that you need to have up front before you actually start the integration. I, there should actually be like something like a playbook that you can reference. Like once you get into these tough situations that are going to occur, just so that you have something that you can look back to and say, well, in the beginning, we decided that this person was going to have ultimate authority to approve any needed changes throughout this process. So let's just go ask them. Right, like it, yeah. it, it, it it removes a lot of that uncertainty from the process and allows you to get to the end quicker.
0: I just think that now that I'm thinking about it, and I know this is way off script, but what an opportune time to see what improvements can be made. Right, like you have absolutely like maybe neither HR was serving either side very well, and the fact that you have this new org, what can the two teams do together? What decisions need to get made? But you don't really find that until you're in the depths of like making the tools talk to one another.
1: Yeah, I mean, a keen architect, right, will use this time to slide in a Trojan architecture, right? Uh, you uh-huh. know, re architecture. Like, like we had what we had and you had what you had, but this is what we would love to have if we were building it today. Well, guess what? You're likely building it today. So let's go ahead and slide in some re-architecture while we're at uh-huh. this. Let's align more strongly with best practices, whatever those happen to be for your organization, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just make sure... That we don't repeat all the sins of the past going forward
0: yeah i guess before you did that you'd have to decide are you going to go to one company's instance or are you guys going to merge together on a new instance that's definitely something you want to plan for speaking of plan
1: yeah, absolutely. Are you actually going to do an integration with the instance? We'll talk about that later too.
0: So that actually brings up the one of the points I wanted to talk about was that there's really two kinds of merger and acquisitions from a ServiceNow perspective. There's the kind of M&A where you are co-equals and let's decide together what the future looks like. But there's another kind of MA where it's just there is a whale and it's sucking up all the krill.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and
0: to some extent for the coming in parties, it doesn't matter what you want, you know? That's what it looks like at the corporate level. It's like it's like, okay, big fish is swallowing small fish, and you're gonna on board with us and the execs on every side agree, but nobody ever tells, you know, the front line. They right. You gotta
1: rank a file. Yeah. And
0: so what you end up doing is these projects get pushed up because like grassroots project, right? Like, how are we going to merge our two ITs? Right. And in, you know, in the long picture, you're going to be doing it mostly the big whales way, but there's a fight. And just because the ego's involved and, and even executive ego's on the on the acquired side, like these projects have to go forward for political reasons. This is something I was exposed at, at one of my first ServiceNow jobs. Is basically the company was doing an M&A every month, at least one, sometimes two, and these companies would come in and saying, "Great, well, how are we going to align our two IT groups together, (laughs) right? Or or how how are you guys going to facilitate our needs?" And the disinterested word from the top was like, "Hey, listen, these things can't take a month. You've got this many days to do the merger." Period. Wow. So what we ended up doing was we built an extension to task table and its own kind of category fields, its own group references. And we just basically made a a really advanced group reference qualifier on a custom task table. And we called it flex and flex could be cordoned off and be kind of a private ticketing system for one of these smaller acquired entities. They weren't having huge ServiceNow instances of their own. They had like these like footprints or some like custom app they home built. They were small. Yeah. And so we basically built a small cordoned off area in ServiceNow where it's like, you can do your ticketing here with all the categories you want and groups and users that you want here until... The merge happens, the real merge that's going to take a year, like months to plan (laughs) and and months to execute, but you can have your ticketing tool. And it it went off really well. A, we did the M&As at speed after that, like in a hurry, Right. right? They went off in weeks, but also it gave a little bit of political capital. Like it wasn't telling people too bad, do it our way. Right. Right. It was, it gave some people some time to acclimate to like life at the big whale. So
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: That, that's kind of something you may want to consider is Hey, are we the big whale or are we co-equals and if you are the big whale like certainly feel free to give me a call and i will tell you about how we built that flex app i think i still have the documentation
1: yeah i mean the flex app sounds really cool right like just being able to onboard someone onto service now onto your instance mm-hmm. keeping them kind of separate so that they don't have to do the the, the work of the culture change and and integrating into how you guys do incident management while they kind of get acclimated with the culture of the company, mm-hmm. right? Like hopefully in the six, nine or a year, you know, down the line, they start to feel like they're one of us, right? One yeah. of us. <laughs> right. And and the move to the main company or Big Wells uh, incident management solution feels a whole lot less pressing or a less stressful, right? I think that's a great idea.
0: Yeah, um, we call it domain Set light. It, it's not yeah, like the yeah, main exactly. step, but it just kind of like cordoned off enough that somebody at our side could see both parties, but their side wasn't – it didn't have the intrusion of everything else that we did.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like you, you can still report on all of that stuff and all the data still flows up and down and all that kind of good stuff. But you know, they, you, they're not doing that work of having to let go of their old identity so quickly. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, that, and to I some extent, it's like the mechanics – it's a bit chicken and the egg. Like sometimes you have to have the mechanics ready to go before anybody's even decided what the future is going to look like. But you still got to get tickets. <laughs> exactly. Right. And
1: things still break, right? So they mm-hmm. got to get fixed. Yep. So, you know, at some point, the bigger uh, merger doesn't, doesn't matter so much for IT. Absolutely agree. My next thing would, would probably be the contract rene- renegotiation with ServiceNow. This is also a really good time for that The that, that Trojan re-architecture but this time of are contracting, your license and agreement with service now, right? Like, so you're merging, right? You're adding people. Mm-hmm. So once you start to add people, economies of scale come into play. And then this, and you probably want to start thinking, I wonder if I can get a better price. But even if you're not thinking of getting a better price, you still got to go talk to service now because you're likely going to take uh, a situation that's, you know, three or I'm sorry, maybe four to eight instances in, in most right. cases
0: and consolidate them that down to like two to six. Yeah. <laughs> from one side it's going to be like oh we're doubling our license spend or more but at the end of the day for the merged corporations equation means that we actually got rid of a whole app too right um see, so that's something to always be cognizant of. You. you can't look at it as like we're doubling our license spend no the organization is not it's, it should be evened out and so find a way during your, your renegotiation with service now see if you can squeeze a new instance out of it Lord knows yeah. you're gonna need it when you start merging the instances <laughs> or practicing merging the instances. Absolutely.
1: And a side note, right? Like if you got two instances, man, just go ahead and step up to three. Like you can't get anything done no with just a test doubt. with just no. a dev and a prod.
0: You're not MA and <laughs> nothing on two instances. I'm sorry. Like you're just seriously. not
1: seriously. <laughs> <laughs> seriously. You're just
0: gonna merge and acquire frustration. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> absolutely that's exactly what you're going to do and you're and all the planning in the world is not going to save that
0: yeah all right so that brings up a, another point too is that be really careful like what third parties is this company using right not in terms of services but like maybe there's third-party apps and maybe um, there is a service too yeah services like, as like, well like yeah people who plug into your instance and they, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, so I, I think of it from this
1: perspective, right? Like, you know, what if you've got a contractor that, you know, he comes in, they do 10 hours a month or something like that and, mm-hmm. and you know, bang out any kind of um, incidents uh, related to the instance that might be above the level of your typical technical support team, Yeah, right?
0: or, or, or it could be an organizational thing. Like, I've been talking to this company, SACON, right? and. They do mobility management. And it's one of those things. It's like, oh, are you really going to build in your service catalog the five different mobility options for 12 different carriers? No. And change that every week? Right. So yeah, there's right? like there's a company who basically sits in your ServiceNow instance. You may for even forget that you're paying them or that it's a ServiceNow app. It becomes invisible tech because it's so yep. good. Right. Exactly. And you don't want to miss that in an M&A. That's so go back to that planning phase like everybody should put on the table. Like here's a bunch of stuff that we do and we do well. And again, that that Trojan re architecture, like you can't look at it as a big headache where it's going to be all this political friction, like think about all the ways you can capitalize on everybody's advantages.
1: Absolutely. All the opportunity that's mm-hmm. laying on the table, right? Like you want to scoop all of that up.
0: Yeah. I was supposed to be talking about contract negotiation though, but <laughs> <laughs> but just remember, right, that on top of your ServiceNow contracts, you have all the contracts with people that may sit on your ServiceNow instance, products and services. So, Absolutely. So uh, keep an eye on that because, yeah, because the, that you might be me- doubling the user base or, or even shrinking the user base. But the key is you got to take a look at it.
1: Yeah. And you just want to, And if you're going to a fresh instance, right, maybe you call service now and say, give me a fresh instance and we're going to start from square one there. You mm-hmm. want to make sure that gets loaded, too. Right. Like if, that, if that's a plug in or something similar.
0: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt.
1: All right. So, you know, the next thing we want to talk about is really the process. Right. Of doing the actual consolidation. So when we talk about we're going to take two instances and combine them. Right. We need to talk about what's actually merging. We've got an incident management process on both ends. What are we doing? Are we taking bits from mine and bits from yours? Are we taking all of yours and mm-hmm. all of mine? Are we just going to get together and create a whole new incident management process that follows best practices? Because we were both really immature when we built ours. Are we at, and, and let's say we are going to take bits of mine or bits of yours or one of, of the whole, right? You know, are, are, how are we documenting that? Typically documentation that we have at the process level, is not sufficient enough to actually move that process from one instance no to another?
0: Kidding. Yep.
1: <laughs> right so you probably didn't document all of those custom fields you created a custom um, items and a choice list you probably didn't talk about like anytime you created a new task type or if you did you didn't document it to the extent necessary where you can kind of lift and shift there's a lot to this right like business rules and client scripts and ui actions and all that kind of stuff right and ultimately you need to understand what you have what they have and where are you going to go, not just as a, from a process standpoint and an instance standpoint, but even as a, an architectural standpoint and a data standpoint, too, right? Like, are you guys going to try to build off of data from one instance or the other? Are you going to try to, you know, again, like a clean instance where you don't have any legacy? What do you do with your old data? What do they do with their old data? Are you going to somehow try to do some hacking on XML to import it into the new system? Right. Like, I mean, all kinds of questions that need to be asked, need to be asked as legal have any perspective on this? Do you have any kind of compliance issues? Maybe you don't want any of this data. Maybe you want to start fresh. How do you just get a a copy of it for backup? Like these are all questions that you need to ask and you should ask them up front, right? Like I'm talking about it in the middle of the process, but you should ask these questions and and answer them at the very beginning. So when you get here, you already have the answer and it does install the project. What do you think, dude?
0: As soon as you hear whiff about a merger, you should be already starting to put your cards on the table or, or rather just planning out what this should look like. Cause you're right. Like sometimes the process documents don't even exist. It's just something we've been doing. And there's a process owner that keeps it on the rails or whatever, but how are these things, two things going to fit? You you almost got to do a series of questions. Does the merged entity operate a new way or one of the two ways that are now at the table? Absolutely. Right. Right. And so if it's, yeah, exactly. If it's the new way, then everybody comes with, here's what we do well. And you almost have to redesign the process. I know people would hate to hear that because that's just more work, right? Redesign the incident process. That sounds like a big project. Yeah, it is. And guess what? We've got five more processes like it in in either of our (laughs) platforms. There's big processes hidden in people's service catalogs. Oh, man. So I can't imagine outside of a re-architecture, I can't imagine a project as big as a, as a merger and acquisition.
1: And speaking of the service catalog, I just want to make this really quick point, right? We should probably not call the service catalog the service catalog. I think app catalog might actually be a better kind of name for this thing. When you start to think about it, because some of these processes get complex, yeah. right? <laughs> like they get so complex. they are They are essentially standalone apps. Right, like I think calling them services really belies the amount of of process and time and effort and and complexity it goes into these things. I, I
0: have goosebumps because you basically said something that has been like the parts were there to say it in my head for the past twelve years. I just haven't said it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what put it all together for me. It's something you said in that little that little thing there, and I was just like, yeah, no, that is that's the app catalog. That's it right? Like it's totally what it needs to be called, right? Because I think that really contextualizes it a lot more than like service because a service can be practically anything, but
0: these things are all practically many apps. So you as the ServiceNow resource has to really be on guard here. Don't let them make it your problem, Ooh, right? You see like, just, well, but just throw these things together, make them the same. And like, Well, no, that is a process problem. It's not a tool problem. Somebody has to tell right. me the process that i am supposed to build absolutely do not let the right don't
1: let them make this your problem don't let them get off the hook without defining these processes before you start building this stuff right and and again like plan 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 i'm gonna like this is a topic here right that i'm really beating beating the drama on because you've got again two different teams you haven't worked together this might this may or may not be a contentious merger or consolidation, you might not even know it's contentious, right? Because it's contentious on the other side. They just haven't told you because you don't know them all that well, right? So, you know, you got to plan these things out, plan, 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 get as granular as you can, really map out all of the items as much as you can think of, make sure folks are defining these processes and, you know, make sure that you've got some kind of conflict resolution process in writing too, right? And that keeps everybody
0: happy. That conflict resolution thing is going to be huge because again, they usually just Everybody agrees up top and, oh, we're done, right? We're merged. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But Handshake. Yeah. In the middle to lower end of the people doing the work, that gets really high friction in a hurry. Like, And so having a, an agreed upon conflict resolution, like clearly I, I hope they would have a, a project underpinning this. And speaking of projects, if you are a project manager in the ServiceNow ecosystem, it might be worth it now putting some thought into like, What would all the artifacts you need and all the activities you need to do, what would that look like? And just have an inventory of them so that when you get one of these projects, it's just like, okay, which process are you doing? Check, 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 check. Great. Get me the process docs for those processes. Who owns the processes on each side of the house? And if you can, like significant deviations from out of box imagine what you could do if you had all that information coming in yeah i don't think we do i think it's just like i think prior to that they're just like oh this team's the dominant right everybody's gonna do it company a way and then it's like bang 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 goes the square plague into the round hole
1: yeah because let's be real they probably don't even have all they probably don't even have all of this stuff documented in in any way it it really helps both sides when that when that's a forced issue All all right what we got next duke
0: Next is integrations. Oh, yeah. So this is, again, this would be something that goes in the inventory because companies work with other companies and they often do so via a ticketing system. So it's very likely, especially in this day and age, that if you have two ServiceNow instance, at least one of them has more than one integration on it. So how are those things going to work in the new system? And they probably aren't the kind of things that you can shut off for a week and find out. <laughs> <laughs> um Well, and this is where I'm just going to pitch the product of one of my friends. I'm not getting any sponsorship money for this. This is just, I I love this team. I love the product. Unify by ShareLogic. Unify by ShareLogic is a platform for building e-bonding integrations. E-bonding meaning we have a ticket on your side and a ticket on my side, but it means the same, same thing. And I've never seen a faster way to deploy integrations that can't fail. But most importantly, I want you to imagine a world where, to some extent, merging the two instances doesn't matter so much. Everybody clutches their pearls. (gasps) What? No, but (laughs) I can very clearly imagine a time where you have two huge ServiceNow instances and company A and B are now company C, and they say, work it out, IT. IT is your problem. You know that just getting the process stuff down is going to be, what, Corey, six months? Like months. Big stuff like that doesn't work itself out. People do redesign. All the stuff we've talked about up until this point takes a ton of work. What if you could just agree that people are going to be calling us, calling you? There's going to be confusion between the different processes. Let's build an instance-to-instance e-bonding integration with Unify. And that way, just to start, we can figure out what each company is best at and send the tickets over there. Like, oh, I like we, you know, we have a manual team for ID management. What? We automated that years ago. Great. All IDM tickets go over to your side. Right. Oh, we got a white glove field service for our sales rep. They don't want to lose a million dollar deal because the projector didn't work. So we have a, we have like a white glove AV team. Sweet. Nice. We don't have that. <laughs> send the tickets over to your side, right? It embraces a reality where one team isn't the best at everything. And you can capitalize on that. And while we wait for all the process stuff to be done as co-equals, we have a system that handles all the passing back and forth between the two companies.
1: And you know what's cool about that, right? The fact that we have that system in place allows us to work together in the meantime while we're actually building out these processes, which allows us to get acclimated with each other and hopefully this whole thing becomes a lot less uh, acrimonious, right?
0: Yeah. So seriously, it just allows you to like capitalize on the resources that are in place. And I specifically bring up Unify by ShareLogic about this because you don't want those integrations to be month-long projects. You want them to be a day's like, okay, let's talk about white glove AV service. No problem. Okay, here's what the ticket looks like on our side. Here's what the ticket looks like on your side. Bam, you got an integration in a day.
1: Boom, right?
0: and let let me tell you like 50 more times and we're good
1: (laughs) exactly and i've used this product right let me tell you it is easily as good as the duke says easily honestly if you need to get to consolidate instances quickly right and you you can't consolidate instances quickly right like it's impossible but if you needed to work together quickly this is the thing to use right like you just put in the middle boom done you know move on with life
0: Yeah, work together quickly seems like the real itch that needs to be scratched. Like consolidated systems on paper are best because we're not paying licenses two different ways. But I think if you gave the choice to a a chief operating officer, do you want these processes to work or do you want them on one system today, right now? (laughs) (laughs) They'd pick work every single time. Every single time. Again, this is like none of this turns around with the flip of a switch. It takes longer than it takes to sign the papers that were a merged organization. So, we got to com- if we're committing already to a long timeline, relatively speaking, why can't we just capitalize on that? It's going to take a long time. Here's the stuff that's going to get worked out later. Here's the stuff yeah. that's going to be worked out right now. We can communicate on all channels. So, again, links are going to be in the description below. If you have any questions about MNA, if you're planning an MNA, if you want to explore a really cool way to accomplish it, check them out. Check this unify by share logic.
1: So last one we're going to talk about here, uh, Duke, is kind of like a container or maybe a, ro- a wrap-up or roll-up of, of some of the other things we talked about. You know, I mentioned earlier, like, about legal hole and compliance hole, And then, you know, there's also the concept of knowing, like, your data export options and, and all this. So we're just going to really wrap this one or roll this one up into knowing what you're going to do with your data, right? Like, the future of your data, right? So assuming that you both came from both companies are companies that have, like, data retention policies, Right. You have to now figure out how the consolidation works with the policy of your new combined entity. Either that's going to be the separate policies or new policy that you're going to create now that you're merged and following that policy with your existing historical data. So I know that there's a, a lot of a lot of folks out here who have done this differently. Like everyone practically does this differently. Right. Management is always going to tell you we want to keep all the data from both sides. We want to keep it in the same instance. We want to. And we wanna make sure that all of it is represented as we move forward, mm-hmm. right? And then somebody, you know, hopefully your architect gonna raise his hand and say, says, uh, yeah, uh, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it is worth exploring why an architect may say no, because I've been that architect, right? When I did a, yeah. not an M&A, but I did a re-architecture. And so there's this sense of, if we wanna keep this data, we need to keep the data structure, which means we've gotta build in all the failures we had before. A company I worked for, remember my change control process where we had four mandatory fields primary yep. affected service, secondary affected service, tertiary affected service, and quaternary affected service. <laughs> <laughs> and it was required.
1: <laughs> but if somebody says
0: we have to save that for auditing sur- that we have to save that for auditing purposes, and you're not going to do that moving forward, you are still got to build that mistake into your new system.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because you have to represent that.
0: So ask the questions and it should be the legal team that answers any legal or compliance team that answers this. Yeah, how much of this it, data do we have to save? Which data elements do we have to save? And how long do we have to save it for?
1: Yeah. You know what? Let me give you a, a little bit of a, an education here too on how to talk to these folks, right? Because you're going to ask the question, just the, the questions that, that the dude just said, like how much of this data we need to save? How long do we need to save? What was the other one?
0: What data elements do we have to save?
1: And what data elements do we have to say, right. right? They might not Let's care say,
0: about quaternary affected service, like every exactly. other rational human being on the planet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then, so you're going to go through this exercise with them, and they're going to identify this data. And most IT folks, right, like you, a legacy IT folk, or even someone just been in the IT industry for a while, right? You're going to take that and say, okay, they say I need to save this. So this is how we need to build a fill. Stop. Yeah. When you need to take a step back and say, okay. Now, how do we need to represent this data to you legal? Do we need to keep this data in the instance? Mm. Is an offline backup okay? Okay. Is an export? Can we print it? Like, what? Tell me how you need it and how it needs to be safeguarded to protect us. And then then you know what all of your options are.
0: And one of the teams in the M&A might have that as a discipline. I remember one of my architecture gigs not too long ago, they actually had a team of people that took care of legacy databases.
1: Yeah. And it yeah, was just exactly. Like,
0: yeah, like this is data we can't get rid of for the next five years, but we're not paying the licenses for the tool. So we, you know, did all the good Lord's work to put it into MySQL or something. And it's sitting Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Someday you might have a question about it, so we're going to have to set it up somewhere and pull the data out of it. But they had a team that was just dedicated to doing only that.
1: Exactly. And now, if you, you if you can take that data off host, now it doesn't influence your new architectural decisions. You get that clean slate back while also meeting the requirements of legal and compliance. So. Be inquisitive a little bit, right, around these processes. Don't just accept the the interdisciplinary conversations that you have with folks, right? Like, ask the questions to see what what you actually need versus what you're actually uh, being asked for.
0: Yeah, right. Just because they've asked doesn't mean that's what the organization as a whole wants. Right. We can put this in service now and very carefully migrate it so there's not a shred of data loss. It's just going to take us six months of manual imports. And they'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, we didn't sign up for that. Exactly. So all all (laughs) requirements are relative to cost and time.
1: Yes, absolutely. Which again, right, like goes back to the very beginning when we talked about planning, right? Mm -hmm. When you plan this stuff out and you write it down and you submit it to someone and they look at it, then they're going to start asking questions. Just like I said, for for you to ask questions, they're going to start asking you questions back. Um, You said it's now going to take us six months to do data archiving. Why Why are we spending six months on that? It's like because you said we need to keep everything. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Right,
0: then you start to see exactly how flexible the business is. Okay, now we're going back to like CJ and the Duke 101. What is good architecture? What does a good right. service now architect do? This is what a good service now architect does: is um is ask the important questions so that you can allow the business to maximize those decisions better. Absolutely, right? an unseasoned builder will just say, "Okay, yeah, that sounds good. I can do that. Let's build. Let's build it the way they've asked for it." The architect says, "Well." A, there's other options and they come at different costs and times. Right. So, the good architect will already have, will, will start outlining. You say you need all the data to come over. Have you actually looked at the data? Has legal told you the kind of data that they need? Has legal told you how long they need it for? Has legal right. told you that they need it in specific systems? So, option one in service now, zero data loss, six months oh, that's terribly unappetizing. Okay, option two, off of service now, SQL database takes some time to wind up when you need it, but it's there and we have it. Right. And it takes us an hour. Negligible <laughs> 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 <Right, laughs> right. time you know? investment. Those discussions matter. Yep. And people appreciate when you can see the different options available and present it back to them. It's it's not that. What's the word you use? Contentious. It wasn't contentious, but there's contention when they say we need this, and you're like, well, that's really hard. It's difficult. We can't do that. That creates contention. But if it's like, okay, I understand what you need. I want you to get what you want. Here are your three options. Now you're their guide. can't. You know, I'm not going to contend with my Sherpa as I'm going up Everest. Right. right, right. <laughs> you can tell me the options. I'm going to make a decision.
1: That's a very good point. Right. And, you know, while we're at CJ 101, right, we're, we're talking about creating value here. So a good architect is going to bring back those different options, too, and, and show the business. This is what you can do. We could spend six months on this. Mm-hmm. But I got an option to take us an hour. That's how you demonstrate value, you know, in the job that you're in. And that's how you get retained, rehired, raises, et cetera, right? It was those things that that folks are looking for in this role, more so than just taking the orders and going off and doing them, right, without question. You know, you use your expertise to make the bill, the, the business better, to give value back to the, to the business. And they don't mind then paying you extra because they feel like they're getting it out of you.
0: All right, Corey, we are at time. So we're going to wrap this up with some closing thoughts yeah like I'd
1: probably narrow it down to three if i if I had to you know I'd start with planning right like planning is the number one thing that I really want to hit and I know I've been talking a lot about it this particular episode um, that's because I actually have a plan on my end when I come into these scenarios so you know I already have this thing built out but it's really really important that you think about the people aspect of this job when you're doing it, especially in a consolidation project because again, you don't know the other side right like not not very well. This might be a contentious thing to them. Something might be a little bit of bad blood. Not to you, but maybe to management. Whatever the case, you want to have these plans drawn out. You want to have these sessions done. You want to have this in a book, a document, something, so that you have something to reference to keep the, the level of contention down, right? Use this opportunity for the Trojan rearchitecture. architecture Like slide in some best practices in places where they didn't exist, at least. If you're not going to do the whole thing, at least slide in some best practices somewhere. Don't recreate the will. Just because the company is saying we want to do things exactly the way we did it before. Yeah, that's great. But instead of using it, instead of ha- having like seven client scripts to do this one thing, I'm just going to write one this time. <laughs> and because I've grown over the six years before I have learned how to do ServiceNow, right? So things like that. Even if, it, even if it's something just that simple of combining code and write, rewriting it so that it works better and it's more transparent, whatever. Take these opportunities to make ServiceNow better. And then the final one I'd say is really, really, really know what you're going to do with your data. That's really important. One of these instances, most likely it's going to go away. You're going to get cloned, something, right? Like you're going to mm. end up losing it unless you're going to freeze this thing and pay for it and put it off to the side, which most people hardly ever do. Right. You know, know what you're going to do with this data. Know what's required, how it's required. Ask the questions around it. Be curious. And then ultimately make a decision that's going to benefit the business and hopefully minimize the amount of work that you need to do with this extra data. What about you, Duke? You got any closing thoughts?
0: Yeah, my closing thoughts would be going back to your planning, but the components of that plan should include, and this is assuming that you're allowed a non-contentious friendly merge, right? That plan should contain an inventory of the processes that you support on each instance. And that might include, when I say processes, I also include catalog items into that. So have an inventory of the processes you support, who owns those processes, where those artifacts might be maintained. And truthfully, if you're a good architect, you should be thinking that way anyway, (laughs) even if you have M&A stuff on the horizon but yeah, absolutely. Right. In an M&A, that stuff's going to be awesome to have. Take an inventory of that. Take an inventory of where your solutions are significant deviation from out of the box. The things that you feel you do well, the things you feel you don't do well. Right. Right. And then also any integrations, services, or just tech with third parties, make sure that's in the inventory as well. And if both teams can come to the table with those inventories... That will allow you to make a magic moment where we just use Unify by ShareLogic in the middle so that we can just, we can just tomorrow, (laughs) tomorrow, (laughs) we can all do what we do the best way we do it. And we pass the other stuff back and forth. We can make decisions on the fly. We can retire this thing process by process and ease the transition of the M&A, but you have to have a great integration engine in the middle and Unify by share logic can get that done. So I know that was like sales pitchy and whatnot, but it just gives you a whole other way of looking at integrations. But if you're just not in that space, and you've got to bring these two together, and you got to bring them in quick, then next best thing is having that inventory ready.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's let's be real, right? Like Unify is the bomb. You know, sales pitchy or not, those guys over there are great. They've made a great product. The absolute next best thing since sliced bread when it comes to integrations. For sure. Um, Check it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. And also check out our sponsor, because you can't take for granted how much testing is going to take place merging two instances. Oh, my and, God. And like, just think, just think, Corey. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I'm getting sick to my stomach just thinking about it. <laughs> like imagine <laughs> on top of all the dramatic stuff you're going to be doing in an m&a imagine yes. also trying to get atf tests together so you can test this thing you want to do it iteratively right does the incident management process work now because we got to get on to something else
1: right but we tested exactly. it and
0: it doesn't work because something changed and then you've only got three months to get the m&a put together like you're gonna you can do that on atf cases alone Seriously.
1: I, got, I have a line item in my plan and that line item is about testing, right? And it's right. one of the things. And, and so the way I do my plans is I always start at the, at the end and I work my way back to the beginning. I, I look at, you know, when, when's our go live date? When's our cutover date? You know, when's our testing date? When's our code freeze date? So when we start talking about the testing date, think about how much time you have to set aside when you're not doing ATF. Yep. And then think about how much time you can save by doing ATF, AI-assisted ATF at yep. that
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> right,
1: like you know, there's already so much you're doing here. Let's dot walk dot put it in, get it done, and take something off your plate. All right,
0: we are for sure at time now. So, <laughs> <laughs> always a pleasure, Corey. Have yourself the rest of the good weekend, and we will see everybody on the next one.
1: All right, thanks, Duke. Take care.